Girlfriends, episode number 250, Biblical Wisdom with Kimberly Hahn. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, I have a special guest, Kimberly Hahn. I just know you're going to love this conversation. You're going to be so blessed by everything that she has to share. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Happy Advent. It's not quite Advent yet as I'm recording this, but it's uh, right around the corner and it will be by the time you're listening to this. So I want to wish you a blessed Advent season. I've got some Advent-themed podcasts coming up for the next couple of weeks here, hoping to encourage and support you inside of this time of year that's uniquely challenging for us moms. I hear from women every year who say that they're feeling stressed, that they're feeling too busy, that um, they can't wait for the holidays to be over, and feeling guilty about that fact, um, or feeling guilty about the fact that they're not having the kind of prayer-filled Advent that they want to be having totally get all of that. So we're going to be talking about uh, some of those very things in uh, the next couple of weeks coming up here on Girlfriends. But this week, I am really excited to share with you my recent conversation with Kimberly Hahn, who is such a wealth of wisdom and experience inside of motherhood, family life, friendship, building community. She is such a gift and she's back in it. Like, I think for years she was kind of quiet. And I mean, I know she was doing things locally. She was involved in uh, politics in her local community and that kind of thing. But I'm just thrilled as can be that she is republishing uh, some of her books in, in a new way, in a new fresh way. She has a podcast. She has an upcoming radio show. So super excited to dive into all of that with Kimberly. But before we dive into that, I want to remind you, are you part of my Advent Retreat the series of videos and messages that you can sign up for for daily support in your Advent journey. It's called Embrace Joy, and it's part of what I put together with the recent Catholic Mom Summit. And for those of you who upgraded to the All Access Pass, you already have a seat inside of that ongoing 21-day Advent retreat. Uh, by the time this publishes, it will not quite yet have started. So you have time to get in there before it starts. But even if you're listening to this later, if you're right in the middle of Advent listening to this, it's not too late for you to sign up and for you to join us. So be looking for the link to do that. Join us for the Embrace Joy Advent Retreat that's going to be ongoing in the coming days. It's a 21-day retreat led by me. I'm excited to connect with you inside of that. So look for that link inside of the show notes. And again, as always, you can get the show notes sent directly to your inbox if you text the word girlfriends to 33777. Okay, you'll get that link and all the other links, the good stuff that I'm talking about here with Kimberly Hahn. So speaking of Kimberly Hahn, let me not delay this any further. Here's my recent conversation with her. I just know you're going to enjoy it. 
Hey, everybody. I am so excited to be welcoming a very special guest here to Girlfriends, a mentor. And she doesn't know it, but she's been my friend for years <laughs> through, the, <laughs> through the written word. Kimberly Hahn is here with us. So if you don't know Kimberly, where have you been? But let me introduce you to this wonderful woman, this woman of God. Kimberly Hahn has been married to Scott since 1979. They have six children. Three are married with 19 grandchildren. What a blessing. Kimberly became a Catholic at the Easter Vigil of 1990 after a different struggle during the four years following Scott's entrance into the Catholic Church. She completed a book with Scott on their journey into the Catholic Church, Rome Sweet Home, Our Journey to Catholicism, which has been translated into more than 20 languages. In addition to Rome Sweet Home, Kimberly wrote Life-Giving Love, Embracing God's Beautiful Design for Marriage. Recently, Kimberly launched a new podcast, Beloved and Blessed, available at belovedandblessed.com, and will have an EWTN radio show beginning in January 2021 called Beloved and Blessed with Kimberly Hahn. Welcome to Girlfriend Kimberly Hahn. I'm so <laughs> excited you're so here. Thank you so much, Danielle. It's wonderful to be with you. I'm so happy you're <laughs> joining me. Like I said, you don't even know it. Like your books have supported me oh. in ways that I'm so grateful for over the years. And you were just sharing with me before we came on here that they're going to be re-released. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes. So Emmaus Road, which is the publishing arm of the St. Paul Center, a ministry Scott and I had founded years ago, um, has uh, acquired the rights to reissue five of my books. Mm -hmm. So the four books in the Life Nurturing Love series and Life Giving Love. So I'm very, very grateful and Chosen and Cherished. It was released last week. Um, okay. So it's just been re-released. So that and one's then, already available. Right. And then, and then we're going to... Um, pursue the the next three pretty pretty quickly, and uh, okay. I don't know if they'll how many will be out before Christmas, but I'm very thankful that we can re-release them and um, and share the the wisdom and insights I've been able to collect, and and uh, and a lot of people have contributed to as well. Yeah, wonderful. I'm excited for that. We will put the links to those books in the show notes as yeah. well as your Amazon page so that as they come available, people yeah. will be able to click on over and check those out. So you're doing a podcast now. This is exciting because yeah. I, 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 of course, I'm a fan of podcasts and <laughs> I feel like there's really um, a, a place for your voice, especially inside of the podcasting community, because you just bring so much. I mean, I read your bio. You've got so much experience and um, so much wisdom that you have to share from a mother's heart. So what's that? What's that process been like for you? Have you already been recording? Yes, I've got about 25 shows. Um, okay, recorded. I'm behind the times. No, no, we've only released. <laughs> um, we, the release date was delayed because we wanted to have it kind of link up with republishing Chosen and Cherished. Right. Um, so what I'm doing, the podcast is more like if you were in my living room and I was giving this Bible study. Right. And so I love being able to share it. In fact, uh, I think the after two weeks, we had something like 17,000 downloads. And I began to try to picture 17,000 people in amazing? my living room. <laughs> and it was like, oh, this is so wonderful. I mean, seven people from Fiji. Who knew? Oh, my goodness. Oh, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> so it is because it's it's a possible, a possible way of having um, connections, not just in our own community, but around the country and around the world. Right. And so I'm so grateful to God for a chance to share this. And um, 
So anyway, that it's a Bible study with a few questions answered at the end from listeners. Okay. Um, and then the radio show is going to be a lot of that material. But then in addition, I'm going to do a section on um, married saints. And I've been researching that a lot. Um, I have found over a hundred. Whoa, which I think okay. it's really surprising. I can only think of a couple, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so initially, I'm going to share my conversion relative to me. Mary, mm-hmm. and coming to um, the church's understanding of communion of saints and what that means, okay. um, because that really was a conviction I came to before becoming Catholic, mm-hmm. um, and and it certainly paved the way for understanding a lot more deeply the insights of the church, um, just knowing these older brothers and sisters genuinely cared for me and prayed for me and were helping me on my journey in ways I didn't even know. Um, And then I'm going to share about St. Joseph, especially both Mary and Joseph related to that vocation of marriage. Um, And I just read recently an insight on St. Joseph that it was in the sacrament of matrimony that his place in salvation history becomes so clear. He's not just the person to ward off any evil that might have come to Mary and, and Jesus. Mm-hmm. It They had a true sacrament of marriage. They cared for each other. And that bond of love and respect was really the foundation of their holy family life. Wow. And, and just thinking more deeply, I mean, we call yeah. him the foster father of Jesus. And yes, he didn't give him his humanity, but he really, truly entered into fatherhood with Jesus. And it isn't just a, yeah, it made it look good. Right. You know, that no, there was, it was a real you know, role. Right? But it was a yeah. real role. And so then I I think one of the challenges, though, about a lot of the married saints, and I'm really searching the biographies to find how it relates to their vocation, because for some of them, for a lot of them, it seems like they were married and then they were widowed. And then they (laughs) then they found sainthood. Then they found sainthood. And it's like. We need to see it in the midst, yeah, in the yeah. midst of our exactly. uh, vocation. So, and then I have another section, um, which is moments with my mom, and I'm my mom is still living, and so I called her, and I'm just asking her questions and letting her share in her faith journey because mm-hmm. she's been a real mentor for me, oh, and yeah. I really want to model for people mentoring. Um, it's so sweet that you said I'm a mentor for you. And, and um, you, you know, we need mentors. We need oh, people yeah. who are just a few steps further down the road than where we are mm-hmm. to say, hang in there. You're doing a great job. <laughs> um, it, the, the whole adventure of parenting is so much more art than it is science. Right. And each child's so different. Each child's impact on your marriage as well as your family life is so profound. And we need others to kind of give us that that um, insight into, you know, this is a pattern that may not be good and you, you probably do need to address that versus, you know, this is probably just a stage. And and just, you know, not telling us what to do, but but being guideposts. And saying, you know, even when we don't have an answer, say, for a child who's struggling with their child to say, I will pray for you. 
uh, every hour today, I'm going to set my timer and every time it turns a new hour, you can know I am going to pray for you. Oh, and, and, you know, and, and there are lots of just practical examples like that, that I hope to share. Oh, so wonderful. So that the, the moment with your moments with your mom, I mean, yeah. I am so intrigued <laughs> by this. Um, and so that's, that's gonna be on the radio show or is that part of the podcast? That's part of the radio show. Okay. All right. Yeah. Gonna be looking forward to that coming in January of 2021. What yes. a gift. What a beautiful idea that is. And you're so right that we need mentors. I've been blessed to have, you know, I have a, a sister who's two years older than me. And those two years mm. are really important years because yes. I, over the years, have found I turn to her and I'm calling her because, you know, this new stage of parenting, this new stage of or something we're dealing with in our marriage. And I just know that she's had the similar experiences. And um, and I've been blessed to find myself playing that role for other people. And they're there are blessings on both sides of it, right? Like yes. you think you're only blessed when you get to be mentored by someone, but it's really a blessing for me when younger women in my life, I'm able to play that role. And, you know, this idea of being a mentor doesn't mean we have all everything figured no, out. No, 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 <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Right. But there is a real crucial element that there needs to be some kind of an invitation by the younger women to the older women to say, do you have a minute? Could yeah. you help me with this? And I think that was one of the th challenges my mom faced as a pastor's wife, because she's not Catholic. Right. And in their church, there were a number of young mothers, but they, it, it was like, well, you didn't have natural childbirth and you bottle fed your baby. So you really have nothing to say to me about marriage and family life. Oh, I mean, God. she really felt very wow. shelved. Mm -hmm. And in retrospect, I mean, the doctor just told her, you, you don't produce enough milk. You can't right. nurse. Oh, I know. It was there a very was just, different time. There was no support for it, you right. know? Mm -hmm. And likewise, the whole... And so whether or not she might have made different decisions had she been given more right. wisdom is a whole separate issue. But how she has lived 64 years of married life um, with five children and 28 grandchildren and now 45 great-grandchildren. Oh and the richness of right. that is, I mean... It's a treasure trove. Absolutely. And so we we need younger women who are doing things differently than us, than, than what we did, mm -hmm. to still open their hearts to us and say, I, I want to learn from you mm -hmm. and, and I want to be receptive. And then older women have to prayerfully decide, you know, I'll share what I have. You know, it may right. be crumbs. <laughs> it, might, <laughs> it might be the widow's mite. Just, you know, but we have. By the grace of God, it's not like, oh, I'm this paragon of wisdom, but by the grace of God, I have learned things. I've gone right. deeper. Now, I will say this. This week, I happened to have a couple conversations with my daughter, and I was amazed at the wisdom she shared with me. And of course, it does go both ways. Because oh, sure. when you have, when you both have that relationship with the Lord and you're praying, uh, especially in circumstances surrounding us uh, politically, um, God can give you insight. And so in that sense, you know, you're very dear friends as well as mother and daughter. And and I'm so grateful because it was a it was a helpful reset. OK, what's the perspective I need to have for the bigger vision of what's going on and my part, my part in it, um, my prayers? Uh, how can they be more fruitful, et cetera? Right. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. 
Um, I, I'm so I'm so encouraged by the fact that you're doing that and that you are encouraging that kind of connection between women. So there may be somebody who's listening right now, like a younger mom who doesn't know where to begin to find that kind of resource in her life. Do you have any recommendations for how she might go about doing that? Like, you know, especially in this time, so many of us are kind of compromised in the communities that we've been used to having. Um, right. You know, do you, do you have any kind of encouragement or, or thought there, like how practically one might go about finding a mentor? Not that it has to have an official name, but maybe making right. that connection. That's such a great question. And this is where I think older women need to extend themselves, even just um, asking a young mom out for coffee, maybe after, after mass, can I get your child a donut and get you a cup of coffee and and extend friendship? Um, I don't know if a pastor might be able to do that, mm-hmm. um, to encourage uh, some of the older women to reach out to the younger women. Yeah. Here in Steubenville, we developed a ministry of college students for young mothers. And now that's kind of the other side of it, um, women who aren't even married yet. But right. but even young mothers have wisdom to share with those mm-hmm. who aren't married yet, you know. Yeah. And so we found a lot of generous students wanting to um, help in some way in the in the area, especially professors' families. And I started getting a lot of offers. And I thought, I am only one person who needs help. So many moms need help. So right. I began inviting moms and college students to get together and link up for a semester. Uh, it's called Students for Moms Now. Uh, okay. Uh, and we call it Ministry to Moms. And like, between 20 and 30 college students pair up with families for the semester. Some do it the whole four years. Some oh. families have actually traveled great distances to go to their weddings. And, oh and it has given, you know, these young mothers a chance to share Catholic family life. And for some of these young women at the college, they're pretty new to their faith. And mm-hmm. maybe they didn't have a great model in their home. Um, one woman told me at the Bible study, she said, um, my dad, in sending me to college, said, I want you to get this degree so that you'll be able to support your family when you get divorced. Oh, oh, my gosh. That's what wow. he planted in her heart. That's horrible. And and so she said, I don't know how to think differently about right. this. And just m- coming to Bible study and then also matching her up with a young family gave her a whole new perspective. Um, I, I'll give you one other example. I had a mm-hmm. w- young woman who came to me after Bible study and said, my parents never married and none of my aunts and uncles are married, but I have cousins. I mean, we, they were all born out of wedlock. And my grandparents have been a great influence, but we haven't seen our parents have a marriage intact. And Mm -hmm. we're all terrified of the commitment of marriage. Yeah. And I said, well, keep coming to Bible study and let's talk. Let's figure out, you know, what are, what are some issues that maybe can have some resolution? Anyway, you fast forward four years and I went to a different graduates um, wedding, but there was this woman with her new husband. And she said, you know, through the Bible study, through meeting other families, I began to catch a vision for what it means to be married. And I'm the first in my, in my generation, but my cousins are saying, you're giving us hope that it's possible for us I to know. find a mate and to, and to commit our lives to each other in the church and draw on that grace of the sacrament. Wow. So we don't even know the circumstances that have kept people from having 
that vision mm-hmm. for, for marriage and family life that we're trying to live. And we live it so imperfectly. Of course, we go to confession. <laughs> we've got a lot to say. You know, we're, we're not putting ourselves forward as the perfect example, but an example. Right. And I think that that may be what catches some older women like, I haven't lived it perfectly. I don't, I don't know what I have to share. Right. But just in that conversation of friendship with a young mom, you know, just easing some of the pressure by, I don't know, welcoming her over and letting her oh, kids yeah. play while you talk. It just could make a profound difference. Yeah. And, and be that channel of grace of friendship that I, I'm sure your podcast is all about. <laughs> exactly. You we're, know? we're girlfriends here. So yeah. for sure, there is that yeah. kind of sharing and I'm a big believer in it. And I love that you, you share that encouragement that, you know, even just your example of the way you're living your life, not that we're living it perfectly, but the fact that you are living it, yeah. I think speaks <laughs> volumes. I was really struck by a few years ago, one of my sons invited a, a friend, a girl from school, and he was going to high school at the time, um, home and, and on the weekend, they were working on a school project or something. And she just hung out for the afternoon. And then it was like dinner time. It was Sunday. And so we, you know, we had dinner and the kids played some games after it was just a normal day. But when she was leaving, she was so grateful that she had spent that time in our home. And not that it was any magical thing going on there. But she just said, I didn't know people did that kind of thing anymore. And I was like, (laughs) oh, my God. And that really stood stood with me through the years, because there are people walking around like that. Like, they don't know people do that kind of thing anymore. No. The kind of thing, you know, everyday stuff that we're doing inside of our imperfect Catholic families. Yes. Just the fact that we're doing it is an example and can be a real source of encouragement, can open up the option for somebody that people still do do that thing, right. you know, that marriage thing. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I don't know if there's time to give this whole illustration, but... Sure. Um, in Graced and Gifted, which is the second book that'll be re-released, mm-hmm. um, I go through a lot of the work of what we do and and spiritual lessons that we can benefit from as we go through that. And when I originally filmed it, we did it as a retreat. I did a section on um, food and feeding and, and the importance of the family table, the importance of sharing dinner together and also the tasks uh, of training your children to assist because that's part of what can overwhelm you is I how do I do all the cooking and all the cleaning right. and all the everything and part of what we need to do is there are little work crews so we <laughs> we engage them more it. work so, more help more work more help and a, and a young woman came up to me just in tears and she said you know my husband works nights or swing shifts so he was not going to be at dinner ever and she said I drive through McDonald's every night oh my gosh Every night. And she said, we never use plates. We come home because I don't, I, my kids don't do dishes and I don't want it. I don't want the mess. Yeah. And she said, I now have a totally different perspective and I'm going to go home and I'm going to show my children how to set a table. We're going to start having dinner, even if my husband can't join us. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to teach them how to do the dishes. So I have that added help. But she said, I don't know how, but our our life is going to change profoundly wow. with just changing this one thing. Yeah. And what, it, I mean, obviously, nutritionally, that's going to be a help <laughs> That's going to be a bonus for sure. <laughs> um, it's not that, not anything against McDonald's and occasional no. run through is, is a great blessing, but right. could, can you imagine a mother of four little ones mm. 
and they had not had family dinners, right. you know. I know, so. and that, that just sounds to me like, you know, she, and this is it's things I hear from women all the time, like they're living in survival mode, you know. Um, so many moms are struggling. You were part of the recent Catholic Mom Summit. By the time this publishes, it will be over, but people can still go check it out and they can get that resource at CatholicMomSummit.com. Um, but so part of why we were putting that summit together, and I was so grateful for you being a part of it and your contributions, was we were trying to bring women together to support each other because so many women are struggling and deeply unhappy in their motherhood. And that's why your work is such a blessing. So maybe maybe speak a little bit to that because I, I know there are people listening right now. There are people listening every week who are for real struggling in, you know, whatever way, you know, financially or with health issues and they're not finding that joy in their motherhood. Maybe you could mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that because not every moment is joy, but mm-hmm. God does intend for us to find joy in the work we do as moms. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing is really starting the day with the Lord. And I understand that's hard. You you may be up in the middle of the night. And so if you're up with a baby, maybe first thing in the morning, you're not getting up to have a time of prayer. You're having little ones tugging on you that did sleep through the night. You know, <laughs> yes. Like, okay, I'm, I'm rested and refreshed <laughs> and we're ready for this new day. Yep. But even if you, even if you have to be nursing a baby and having a toddler playing at your feet, for a few moments of prayer at, at the beginning of the day, or maybe make an appeal to your husband, can you please manage things for 15 minutes? I think having that focus, and then I I, I believe that we need to choose Christ every day to, to make that ongoing conversion. And then I would really encourage us to choose our spouse every day yeah. and say, Lord, he is your gift to me. I thank you for him. I thank you that I can pray for him. I thank you that you've given us a relationship where we'll share. And so he shared these concerns. So I pray for these specific concerns today. And and I ask that you would bless him um, in his work and bless him in his relationships, etc. Yeah. And then I would really encourage each person to choose your child or your children oh, that's at the start idea. of the day. Lord, I thank you for, and you go down through the list, knowing, acknowledging the fact that each child is that gift to you from Almighty God. Even if you're out of sorts with a child, even if, you know, someone uh, has broken your trust um, mm-hmm. the day before and you've woken up with that sinking feeling of we're not fully resolved because there's going to be a reckoning over all of this. Mm-hmm. What is good and true and wonderful about each one of those chi- children is worth setting your heart on. And I think then you approach them as, oh, my my little two-year-old gift from God. What do you need today? <laughs> my four-year-old gift from God. What do you need today? And I, and I don't mean that in a Pollyannish way. I mean right. it in a really nitty-gritty way that we are choosing our spouse and choosing each child and acknowledging from the start of the day, they are God's gifts to me. They are part of this journey toward holiness today. And I don't want to miss uh, being that channel of grace to each one. That's so beautiful. I love everything that you just shared. <laughs> such a, such wisdom there. And, and it's so encouraging because you can do that. And we do talk yeah. about that here on the podcast, that the importance of having daily time set aside for prayer, because 
you know, I get it too. Like life is busy and you get up and you're on the go from, you know, the first minute. So we do need to be deliberate about it and not apologetic for the fact that we're, we need that, that that's right. where we need to be rooted as moms. Right. I had a good friend who uh, we were talking, an older friend. Um, and I said, you know, I don't understand parents going to mass alone. I think it's so important to take your children with with you. And of course, at a, as a general statement, that's true. Right. But she just smiled and she said, well, you know, for there were a number of years in there where daily mass, I went alone. And I said, help me understand why. She said, I had an RH factor. And it was before they had program. Mm -hmm. So she knew that they were going to get to a point pretty quickly where her body would start rejecting and killing the babies. Right. And so she was open to life and they were open to life and they had like six children in seven years. And she said, I needed to have that time alone and quiet before the Lord because I was in the thick of it. Right. And so my husband said, I will delay going into work so that you can go to mass alone. And she said it was never to keep the kids from mass. And we found ways to involve them. But she said, I really had to get that grace to right. do what what we were doing with so many little ones. And I thought that that's such a beautiful perspective. And again, where it's more art than science. So you don't say, well, if I if I don't take every child to mass, I can't go to mass right. because that's selfish. Well, it's like, no, <laughs> if you need that grace, right. get, go get the grace, go, go get the grace, it. you know, yes. and um, and that's a way in which a spouse you know, could just assist, perhaps, you know, mm -hmm. maybe alter their schedule a little bit so that can happen. So and that's, again, a, a great way if we share different ideas, we can get a bigger picture. Because what we're trying to say is how do we make it to heaven with our spouse and with all of our children and in-laws and grandchildren right. bring the whole crew with us. <laughs> and sometimes that may mean, you know, maybe not going to mass, but making a really wonderful dinner. I mean, I, I don't right. know, it's going to be on a day to day basis, or maybe, maybe there are more immediate needs that we want to focus on. Mm -hmm. The one thing I think that's so crucial is the needs of children can always be louder than the needs of our spouse. Right. And that's part of our prayer for our spouse is opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and saying, what does my husband need? And and be open to really communicating how much of a priority he is, even if it won't be an enormous chunk of time. And I, along those lines, I would I would speak to the need for intimacy. I believe our children are blessed when they see us, you know, being affectionate, being, uh, you know, wanting to wrap our arms around each other, give a kiss. Uh, we kind of call it snitching in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> when Scott would come in and just kind of grab me and give me a kiss. And one, one time my youngest, who's now 21, but he was five at the time, mm -hmm. uh, we were hugging and he came in and he kind of wedged up between us. And I thought, oh, is he uncomfortable with what we're doing or is he trying to have us move <laughs> apart? And then and then he looked up and he smiled and he said, now squeeze. <laughs> Oh, that's so cute. And he just wanted to feel the oh crush of love, that's you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're you're so right. That is such <laughs> a gift. And I we do need to remind ourselves of that though, because you you're so right that the kids 
priority is always going to be the loudest, right? That's always going to be what we hear the most is their demands. And they will always take more. They will always take more. Yes. <laughs> That's something I've always <laughs> discovered is um, there's always another kid asking for another something from you. And so if we aren't deliberate about prioritizing our marriage, th- that can be a real trap for people. Because I know for me, for, you know, when I've gone astray in that way, it's, you know, I, I you're doing very good things, caring for your children. That's a good thing. That's what God wants you to be doing, but not at the expense of this other primary relationship. Yeah. And that's part of actually setting that example for them for their future marriage, Mm -hmm. you know, and for other young mothers. And there's a priest in Pittsburgh who has a new program called Renew the I Do. And what what he does is he goes out on a big date. Now, of course, COVID has messed this up and they'll they'll get back on track. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) When we get on the other side of that. But anyway, he has couples in his parish sign up for a date night with the priest. And then they go, like they've gone ice skating, roller skating to a Pittsburgh pirate game, just as a big group. And because it's a big group, I think, you know, for those that it might be a little more awkward, it's, it's a secular event. Everybody's Mm -hmm. welcome. But what he's trying to communicate is you still need to date your spouse. Yes. To take a night to say, I've thought about spending time with you. Let's go have fun together, especially when there are financial burdens. There are, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the needs of the children and, um, you know, their children that even have more demands uh, from us that are handicapped or um, just challenged in different ways. And it's okay to find a sitter and leave the children with someone. You're not being a negligent parent to leave them in the care of someone and go out with your spouse and give him or her particular focus and uh, and in a fun way. Right. So yeah. I, I, I love the fact that he's done that. That's you adorable. Know, I love that idea. Yeah. So even if you don't live in Pittsburgh, maybe there's yeah. some way that you can <laughs> do that in your community or, or look at different options for doing that. I think that's a, a wonderful idea because it brings couples together. Yeah. Um, you know, so like whenever I have the opportunity to speak at a marriage conference, I love it because here are all these couples coming together and, you know, speaking out loud to each other, we value our marriage and this is important to us. And I think there's a lot that we can learn from the the example of others doing that and that we can feel boosted up in our own priorities when we see others that are are sharing those similar values. So that's a a beautiful thing. Well, I don't want to run out of time here, but I do, I want to ask you, Kimberly, one thing that's been on my mind a lot in, in recent years, but especially in this time of COVID is is this idea that our our culture and your your book speaks so beautifully counter to this idea but our our culture doesn't i mean it gives lip service to the value of motherhood truly you know like mm-hmm. it's it's a nice hobby if you have time for that kind of yeah. thing but really we women are are meant to find our identity as mothers in all the different ways that we, you know, we can practice motherhood spiritually. And um, for many of us, though, and many listeners at Girlfriends, it's through biological motherhood, where you're um, experiencing, you know, either your parent of little kids or um, growing up kids or grandparent years. Um, But there's so much about our culture that rejects the value of that. And I find that uniquely 
sexist in a really mm-hmm. ironic way, right? Because mm. this is what we're made for. This is who we are. This is what's written on our hearts that we're we're meant to be mothers. And this is how we're meant to found, find our identity and our value and our worth and meaningful relationships. And yet our culture tells us like, you know, push that aside. That's, you know, that's not where you're going to find success or happiness or, you know, lasting joy. So do you have anything to, to speak particularly about what the cultural message is and what the church's response is? Yeah, great question. Well, I know when I was still Protestant and Scott was uh, becoming a new Catholic, I was so torn because I thought, how how do I help my children say yes to God, to whatever he wants for them, if, uh, if that could be consecrated life? Mm-hmm. And we had two little boys at the time that were three and two. And then I was newly pregnant with Hannah, our only daughter. And and I, I just really struggled with that because I didn't want to get in God's way. I mm-hmm. also had no interest in being Catholic. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm not going there. So what do I do? How do I not mess this up? And what, what struck me was if I prepared my children to understand spousal commitment, lifelong faith-filled spousal commitment, mm-hmm. and being a mother or a father, I would prepare them well for whatever God had for them. Mm -hmm. Because the call to consecrated life is not a call to being neutered. Right. It's not. And even for those who've been called to a single life, maybe they haven't even actively chosen. They they really wish that they could be married. But Mm -hmm. at this point in time, that hasn't happened. There, as you said, there is still welling up in their hearts that desire to father and to mother mm-hmm. um, and to be beloved and and to know your beloved. Mm. And that is available to every man and woman um, yeah. in the Lord. We are all called to spiritual fatherhood and spiritual motherhood. And then for a number of us, we've also been called to a physical motherhood and fatherhood. Right. So this whole cultural rejection of uh, putting up with mothers. And, you know, you can test my DNA and say I'm a man or a boy or a girl at birth, but I'm going to choose my gender. That's something you can't put on me. God has written it into the DNA of every cell of that person's body. And what what a tragedy that we're actually calling into question whether or not God made a mistake. He did not make a mistake. And so we want to to grow in our appreciation of who God has made us and and embracing that and then saying, okay, Lord, now what? I think St. John Paul, in writing about the genius of woman, showed these beautiful qualities, characteristics, as you said, very relationship focused, mm-hmm. um, nurturing, a real desire to share wisdom. Much of that is feminine. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful thing to bring that to every sphere of life, but especially in the home. Um, G.K. Chesterton talked about how, why is it so much to be, say, a teacher for 30 individuals for a limited amount of time in a focus versus being everything to a a few. Why is that esteemed so much more valuable? And there is a, there's just a dying to self when you step away and you give that focus within your home. It is for 
a relatively limited amount of time, although it depends if you have been blessed for years, it could be a lengthy process. Um, But I am just so grateful that I've had my parents' support, most definitely Scott's support, Mm -hmm. and I've seen the fruit in my children. And at this point, all three of our married children's families have the mom focused at home. And I think there's a great, great blessing to the kingdom and to our culture in the commitment to sacrificial motherhood. I really do. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Very wise. Thank you so much, Kimberly. You're welcome. Um, So before we have to wrap up, I want to be sure people know where to get all of your latest, all these new projects that you have going on that I'm so (laughs) excited for. So what what are some of the best links? And we'll make sure to put them in the show notes as well. Well, the best would be if you go on the St. Paul Center dot com website. Okay. Um, you can find belovedandblessed.com or you can look that up directly. Okay. And I am reading through the emails. I want people to know that I will respond personally and yeah, and that's where you'll find the products when the, the different books are okay. issued. So, okay. so belovedandblessed.com. Belovedandblessed.com. The first book that just came out is Chosen and Cherished Biblical Wisdom for Your Marriage. Um, the second is Graced and Gifted Biblical Wisdom for the Homemaker's Heart. The third is called Beloved and Blessed Biblical Wisdom for uh, Family Life. And then, and that kind of covers up children about age 11, openness to life, and then um, principles of of parental guidance, I guess, mm-hmm. would be the, the way to say it. And the fourth one is called Legacy of Love, Biblical Wisdom for Parenting Teens and Young Adults. And um, I'm hoping someday to have uh, grace, grace-filled grace grandparenting. Oh, um, but I'm wonderful. still just learning so much <laughs> that I, I'm not ready to write about it yet. Oh, I but. love that. I'm looking forward to that for <laughs> sure. I love that. And, and I love that you want to live it a little bit first yeah. because yeah. I, I know, I remember it was several years ago now that I, I had like two teenagers at the time and a, a publisher had approached me about writing a book for t- about parenting teens and I was like I don't think so <laughs> I'm still figuring out what this thing is but what, what a beautiful gift you have given to the church through these works that you are sharing and what a gift to moms in every age and stage of motherhood every walk of life I want to thank you for that thank you for the gift of your ministry Kimberly Hahn oh thank you Danielle it's really a joy to get to share it Coming up, we have some listener feedback to share, but first, a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to The Girlfriends Podcast. What if this year your Advent could be different? What if you could learn how to welcome Jesus into your heart from the people who did it first? This year, Ascension's Rejoice Advent Journal invites you to experience Advent with Joseph and Mary as they await the birth of their son, Jesus, the Savior of the world. Together with the guided meditations found on RejoiceProgram.com, this journal will help you to see the marriage of Mary and Joseph in a new light. You will ponder what was in their hearts and minds as they awaited the birth of Jesus. Rejoice will help you open your heart to the peace and the joy of the Holy Family as you prepare for the coming of Jesus this Christmas. Visit RejoiceProgram.com to purchase your copy today.
Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback and reply to your questions. If you have a question for me, if you have feedback on this episode or any episode of Girlfriends, you can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on Voxer or on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So this week I heard from listener Eleanor who says, is it Eleanor or is it Eleanor? I don't know. I think people have different preferences. Anyway, I'm saying Eleanor. Eleanor says, hi, Danielle. Thank you so much for your recent podcast on self-care. I love your podcast and recommend it to my friends. I needed the nudge to exercise more. When you said that you have chronic neck and back pain, a light bulb went on for me. I recently gave up all gluten and wheat and most of my chronic pain vanished. However, I'm definitely carrying stress in my neck and back muscles. I go to a trusted chiropractor and I'm about to start on physiotherapy again. I'm 31 and I've had this pain for a couple of years on and off. However, it's been so bad the past couple of weeks. It occurred to me while listening to your podcast episode that I haven't been going on walks with my two toddlers, ages two and four, since the cold weather hit. We live in Ontario, Canada. What helped you the most with outdoor exercise when it was cold or snowy and you had young children. Any games you recommend? We have a large backyard and run around sometimes as much as one can with boots and snowsuits. I'd love to go for walks in the mornings uh, by myself, but I wake up at 5 a.m. already to teach from home for a couple of hours a couple of days a week. We homeschool, so our daytime schedule is flexible. My husband sometimes watches the kids so I can go for a walk in the evening, but I don't really feel safe walking around in the dark. It's dark so early these days. We sometimes walk as a family at night, which is great, but definitely open to any suggestions on exercising with toddlers. Getting strong-willed toddlers into snow suits and boots is often a deterrent to outdoor exercise, as I'm sure you understand. Thanks for any advice, and God bless, Eleanor. Eleanor, I want to thank you so much for reaching out about the self-care episode. I did hear from a number of people who said it was the nudge they needed in various areas of their life. So um, let's go back a few weeks if you haven't heard that one, if maybe you need a nudge in one of those areas. But I'm glad to know that it was the nudge you needed, Eleanor, but now we need to figure out how you're going to do that. So I totally get it about the getting dark early, about the freezing temperatures. I really don't uh, run outdoors when it's cold and snowy here because, well, first of all, there's ice on the roads. It just doesn't feel safe. And it also doesn't feel safe because the snow builds up so high in the snowbanks on the side of the road that the roads get very narrow and I don't feel like cars can see very well. So it doesn't feel like a safe option for me. So in past years, I've really had to force myself to get outside. I know it's important, and I know I'm always telling you guys, we need to get outside. We need to be breathing fresh air, even when it's freezing out. So I would really tell you, Eleanor, to um, find a way to make it work with your toddlers. And it might just be 15 minutes, you know, committing to doing that 15 minutes that you go for a walk with them or... Um, that your, your husband is able to stay with them while you go for a walk by yourself. But finding that 15 minutes I know can be challenging. And I know, I don't, I don't know where you live, but I know it can be challenging to, you know, if you live on a busy road or like I said, here in the winter, it doesn't feel safe to be walking outdoors. So I get it if that's a challenge for you. So if you can't get outdoors with your little guys in the daytime, in the daylight hours, it doesn't have to be a walk. You said you have a large backyard. Is there some kind of thing you could do, whether it's sledding or pulling them on a sled or 
watching for birds, um, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you might be able to do out there. But that said, if you're not able to get outdoors, I think that's okay. Look for ways that you can be moving inside. You might do a fun dance party with your kids. You, I don't know if you have a treadmill. I've talked about my treadmill desk in the past about how that can really help you to stay moving, especially during those cold winter months when it's harder to get outside. Um, but listeners might have more ideas for you, Eleanor. So I want to invite everybody listening let me know if you have some ideas for ways to stay moving and active, getting outdoors with even very little kids, two and four years old. That's pretty small, um, especially in the cold and snowy winter months that Eleanor's going to be facing up there in Ontario. So email me if you have some ideas to share. Danielle at daniellebean.com. How are you staying moving and active and exercising even outdoors, especially during these cold, dark days of winter? I'd love to hear your ideas. And that's all the time we have for today, but I want to thank you for being here. It really means a lot to me that you show up and we're able to connect here through the podcast week after week. I know that I was blessed by my conversation with Kimberly Hahn, and I'm praying that it is blessing you and all of her work that she's going to be sharing over there at belovedandblessed.com is going to be a real source of support to you and your motherhood. So Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of this conversation. I look forward to connecting with you again here next week. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 